This episode is presented by the 2017 James Beard Foundation Food Summit and by Roland Foods. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at Heritage Radio Network. Well, hello, welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and we are coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, September 27th, 2017, and this is the 154th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is a chef chefrepreneur, or I could say an entrepreneur, who is curating the culinary program of an exciting upcoming Ideas Festival in Los Angeles, and I will introduce him fully in a moment. First, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to push forward. Think about your future. What do you want to do or accomplish? Put your mind to it and you can do anything. Never settle. Always strive to be better and make a difference. Do you have a great idea? Take action to make it a reality. Share, learn, grow, and lead. Be the one to create the next best thing. That's my tip today. Now, I'm very excited to have my guest calling in today. It is Jeffrey Zarofsky. He is the founder and CEO of No Small Plans and co-founder, former president and CEO of Witchcraft, River Park, and River Park Farm. Jeffrey is currently spearheading the culinary program at Summit LA 17, a three-day festival taking place November 6th. November 3rd to 6th in downtown Los Angeles, and which is dubbed as the most immersive ideas festival in the world. So hello, Jeffrey, are you there? Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I, I, I love where I am right now, but I would I do surely do miss being sitting in Roberta's and having some pizza while, uh, while doing interviews. So um, I'll be there in a week or so and uh, I'll, I'll come visit. Oh, well, that would, yes, um, the bonus of, of being out here is certainly there's, there's an uh, amazing ambiance in pizza, and we'd love to see you. I'd love to see you out here. Um, where, are you, where are you calling from? I'm in Ojai, California right now, uh, up about an hour and a half north of L.A. Um, it's where I, I live. I moved, I moved out here about a year ago. Um, it was a change of, change of venue and change of pace uh, from, from the Hustle and Bustle in New York, so... And are you loving it? Oh, I love it. I mean, like, literally, if, if there's three places on earth I'd like to be in general, one is New York, the other is Paris, and then, and then uh, sitting in my backyard, uh, I'm building a, a half-acre garden and a, a wood-fired outdoor kind of place to host a community out here as well. So it's a, definitely a change of pace from, from, the, from the Big Apple. 
Certainly. It. it sounds sounds <laughs> lovely, though. Uh, I love, yeah, getting out to California. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's amazing out there. Oh, oh, oh it's a special place. It's, uh, it's one of the only valleys in the, in the country, I think in the world, that runs east-west as opposed to north-south. Huh. Uh, and so it has the, so we get the benefit of uh, sunrises and moonrises and moonsets and sunsets and same, in the same sort of arc. And then uh, there's a certain, I don't know what they call it, but a spiritual vortex here. Like there's a, there's a centering of, of spirituality here. It's been there for years and years and years. So cool. it's a great place. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was thinking, I, I think the last time or when I saw you, it was probably almost a year ago, is at this Founder Made conference, I believe. Um, yeah, that's right. And so now today I want to talk about this conference that, that you're working on in in Los Angeles uh, coming up, but before we get to to what you're doing with that, let's let's go back and, and get a little of your history and find out how you got into this culinary scene. I, you have an impressive background. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, like anything else, I think it was quasi meant to be and quasi accidental. Uh, I've been cooking since I was eight years old. My parents, I was a you know product of a divorce household, and my brother and I would we were kind of latchkey kids, and we would get we get hungry in the afternoon, and um, at some point, I decided to take sort of measures into my own hand, um, and and we just started cooking. I watched every you know every show on PBS, uh, you know Channel 13 and uh, WLIW 21. I saw you know Yan Can cook to Julie mm-hmm. Child to uh, you know, and then, and later on, I got to actually meet all these people and then be, be colleagues and peers with some of them. It's incredible and work with them. Um, but that was how I grew up. I watched TV and you know. Uh, and and went into the kitchen and started making stuff and um, never knew I was going to get into restaurants or be a chef. I just always had cooking as a passion, as a hobby, and then cooked my way through college. And then one day, um, you know, a couple couple of things happened, but one of them, my brother uh, gave me a book um, from a a, a couple of authors who have been on your show, uh, Andrew Page and uh, Karen Page and Andrew Uh Dornberg, and uh, uh, called Becoming a Chef. And Literally, I was like, "Oh, you can actually be—you can actually do this for a living." And um, and and I went and pursued a career. And then, um, you know, long story short, is you just sort of—I worked my way up a little bit. Then I went to culinary school at the International Culinary Center, which was FCI at the time, and had a—you know—it was 1998, and had a great—you know—great time there, and met some amazing people there, um, not the least of which was. Um, Michael Romano and John George and Tom Clicchio and Mark Vera and others and um, and I sort of you know finagled my way into some of their kitchens and did some internships and, and got some jobs and and then you know worked my way through the industry and uh, uh, was fortunate enough to be given a, a shot by uh, Peter Hoffman at Savoy uh, just up the street from school and worked with him for a while and then uh, Danny and Michael gave me a chance at Noon Square Cafe which I was so grateful for and then uh, and then after a while I got I got out of uh, I didn't want to be a. Sh- I didn't think I. I knew I didn't want to be a chef for long. Actually, at some point, because I, I had a little more in my bones in terms of entrepreneurship and business, and 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 looking at it, all of the aspects of what it means to to serve people and to um, to really nourish them. And so, um, you know, wanted to put something else out in the world that was a little bigger than that. I happened to got to get uh, spent about a year and a half in in the dot com world and did some things there in the original like 1999, like 2000s dot com period, and then. Uh, Met Francois Payard, and he gave me a job as uh, his director of operations. I was 26 years old. I ran uh, the basically the entire the entire business for about two years, and then um, really decided I wanted to branch on my own and uh, wrote a business plan for a, a sandwich shop uh, made with you know sourced from from the green market. Um, 
this is back in 2002, uh, and with with a lot of the the elements of of um, of what chefs how chefs made food, not just something that we saw from you know, prepared foods or, or deli meats and stuff like that. And um, and I sent it unsolicited to a bunch of my favorite mentors and, and restaurant tours. And uh, Tom literally just personally emailed me back like a day after I sent it out um, and said, why don't you come on in and, and let's talk. And it turns out he and Cisha had been um, working on witchcraft already. Um, my, my concept was called something else, and, uh, uh, and, but it was exactly the same kind of idea. And uh, they said, why don't you just join us? And I was like, please, uh, you know, <laughs> how lucky can I get, right? Like, to, yeah. like one, of my favorite, one of my favorite, like, favorite chefs, restaurateurs, mentors of all time invites me to uh, to join his business with the same exact idea that I was looking for, for funding on. And uh, and uh, I just got lucky. I got really lucky. So um, that's, how we, that's how we all kind of came together. Yeah, well, yeah, witchcraft, I mean, when when did that launch? That was like 2000. I don't know. Three. 2003. May of 2003, yeah. It's been around for, we're talking, four, we just we just passed our 14th year uh, in business. Yeah. No, I was at one just the other day. There's one in my neighborhood by uh, Columbus Circle. It's, it's yeah. the brand's, the brand's grown tremendously. And then, and then River Park and, and River Farm, too, River Park Farm, too, um, you were involved with. And I've had celebrations there and they've, it's, you know. <laughs> oh, terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a, that was a fun project. It was just one of those things where you know um, you get pitched something to do to do an opportunity. It doesn't you know lesson learned. Like maybe it's not the right you know when you're when you're working on a mission to to kind of grow a brand as big as you can as fast as you can. It's uh, doing things like that aren't necessarily always uh, the best for that type of growth, but they are great for uh, creating outlets of creativity and and uh, you know release valves for for people in the business who want to do other things and, and don't want to actually focus on that. And so um, that opportunity came and we, we took it and Cisha really ran with it. It was, it was most, a lot of it was Cisha's, you know, creation, the menu, the restaurant, the concept, of it, all of it with, with Tom and, and the partners over there. And then uh, one of the things we'd thought about, you know, come for dinner on 29th and 1st, uh, you know, which was not a neighborhood or an area that people were really coming to. And, and we said, let's just, Let's grow our own food. I'm on the board of Grow NYC, which runs, you know, all the green markets, farmer markets in the, in the city and, and develops a lot of the farms in upstate New York and, and you know, really is, is supportive of that for 40-plus years. And I said, look, here with Grow NYC, build a farm here. And so um, they came in and helped us build it, found a farmer for us, found a designer, and put it all together. And it was really one of, one of the great fun things we did um, as it relates to, you know, building a restaurant, the only restaurant in Manhattan that had a, a really working farm. Um, you know, we grew, we grew more than, uh, in the middle of summer, probably 75% of our produce came from that farm. Uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Very incredible. And so let's, so, so your background, yeah, you have, you have terrific experience. What brought you or how did you connect with this ideas festival <laughs> summit LA 17, which is coming up and, uh, yeah. How did you get involved? So uh, back in 2010, a dear friend of mine and a dear friend of one of the founders of Summit uh, connected us and said, uh, if you don't know, have you ever been to the store Story on uh, 19th and 10th? Uh, it's an incredible uh, space that turns over about every six to eight weeks with a new concept for retail run by a woman named Rachel Sheckman. Uh, she's 
probably one of the most entrepreneurial and one of the most genius like creatives that I know that blends retail with uh, you know re- re- retail with with entrepreneurship and social good. Um, she connected me with Jeff Rosenthal, who's one of the founders, and uh, said, "You two need to meet. You just need to talk." And I had no idea what Summit was or uh, what they were up to. And, and the most recent event that they had done um, was, this was seven years ago, the most recent uh, event they'd done was DC10, uh, which was a, a takeover about 500 people of Washington, D.C. And they've got, you know, they got um, uh, Bill Clinton was the keynote speaker. And, and, and you know, these are a bunch of, a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of guys out of, you know, a couple of years out of college and doing this this thing. And, and it was incredible. And uh, and so Jeff and I got on the phone and within minutes we're, we're we're long, you know. It's like we we know mm-hmm. each other forever, and um, they uh, he offers me he extends an invitation to me and my wife, uh, who's also an entrepreneur and, and in fashion and incredible designer. And says, "Why don't you guys come? It's be great." And what we're doing is we're taking over the fourth largest cruise ship in the in the world, and and we're taking it over and bringing, you know, it was like eighteen hundred I think or fifteen hundred entrepreneurs at the time. Why don't you come and join us and and um, and and be involved? And I said, "Great." I had no idea what I was getting into. I had no idea amazing how amazing it would be, and I didn't know that that, that particular trip uh, would probably be an inflection point, life-changing inflection point for me in terms of uh, my growth as an entrepreneur, my growth as a person, my growth as a, uh, a community and a network, um, and and what it just dipped me into immediately. It was one of the greatest. It was single. It was, looking back, that inter- that introduction was probably one of the most important introductions in my life, aside from meeting my wife, probably uh, at that moment. Wow. And, um, it was uh, seminal and had, continues to be an important part of my life in the summit community. So it's so profound uh, and, and expansive and inspiring that that um, I've sort of stuck with it. You know, I, that first trip, that first summit at sea was um, was remarkable. You just didn't. There was nothing that happened on that uh, trip on that, that cruise that I could have expected. Uh, everything from, you know, late night jam sessions at four in the morning with the roots to uh, shark tagging at five in the morning with uh, one of the leading conservationist shark, you know, uh, researchers in the world. And so, uh, and literally we, 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 um, we did Shark Tag. Uh, yeah, I know. I was, uh, I'm, I was like, wow. A, a 40, yeah, I, I have some pictures of a 14-foot tiger shark. As you know, we were 30 of us were on a boat. We brought it in, um, and I, I recently got sent a portfolio of photos from that trip, uh, about uh, 150 photos that were taken on the trip. And I look back and I see um, faces in those photos who I didn't meet, I didn't know on that boat going in or the cruise going in, and I look back now, and I would say I recognize or am friends with almost everybody in those photos. It's a really incredible networking community uh, that is deep and enriching, and, and a little that I know going on that ship, that what, we, what to expect and, and what was going to come of it. And so um, fast forward, you know, I've been to every large event as an attendee of, of Summit um, since then, and, and a lot of the smaller ones, um, and had, and had the, the, the good fortune to collaborate and play with Many of the people inside the community, um, Michael Head being one of them, uh, who's now one of my dearest friends in the world, and we sort of knew each other, I think, before we were born, but we don't, you know, <laughs> in, an, in another life. And um, we've done dinners for Summit together. And then, and then two years ago, uh, they did Summit at Sea again in 2015, and I was an attendee. And again, it was one of the great, it was one of the great events uh, of all time. But I did, I did sort of speak up to the founders who are who are friends. I said. Hey, I think we could do the food a little bit more, a little bit better, and a little bit differently. 
uh, and of course, uh, as, I, as the story goes, you know, I won the pie eating contest, and the prize was more pie. And they said, "Why don't you just come and join us uh, and and help help design and, and curate it?" So in in 2016, uh, we took we went back out at sea, and uh, me and about 50 food partners and 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 uh, and uh, restaurant folks uh, took over every outlet on uh, on the Norwegian cruise line. Uh, uh, ship and the escape, and we we ended up uh, running, you know, feeding everyone twenty four seven basically, and and we we trained the seven hundred fifty hospitality folks on the ship, F and B and hospitality folks on the ship, to do our program. We took over every la- we served every every meal that was served. We had designed every uh, product that was was served. We had we had sourced and brought on the the ship, and then and their activations twenty four seven. And it was really one of the most amazing and remarkable experiences. And, at one point, we didn't think it was actually going to. We were actually going to make it happen. And of course, with the, the you know magic of hard work and some ingenuity, we we launched and 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 did it. And everyone thought it was incredible. It was really, I think, the first time that Norwegian Cruise Lines ever saw that that that, that could happen. And it was we took over the ship yeah. and said, you know, this many people, uh, you know, in a, in a healthy way, we took cocktail bars and turned them into superfood, you know, stations and uh, acai bars and and everything. It was incredible. And then, so this year, the you know the, the idea was to run it back and uh, and do it again and make it more interesting and, and more ingenious. And I think with uh, the ambitions for this year um, are a little bit different because uh, we're t- you know downtown LA is an incredible campus and incredible incredible marketplace to sort of uh, choose and partner with. So this year we changed the model a little bit. Um, so it's much more. Uh, there's a hands-on team who's who's running event running the event day in and day out. But my role and Michael Head's role is a lot more curatorial and advisory uh, in terms of really designing the program and selecting the folks who who um, who are going to participate as part of the F and B program, utilizing as much as possible the the great talent that exists in downtown LA already and in uh, LA metropolitan area, you know, writ large, and then even a little bit larger than that, about 100 miles out for farms, uh, you know, produce and dairy and, and even, even some, some products, ingredients folks and, and other folks. So bringing the, you know, one of the commitments that Michael and I had when we first started talking about the program was let's try to source uh, everything from within 100 miles of L.A. as much as possible and uh, source it from folks who are, who are support the values of regenerative agriculture, support uh, the values of high quality food, who support uh, you know the values of, of what nourishment right. really really means, and so that that's sort of where where we're at with with LA. Wow, wow, tons of information there. Um, it's it sounds fantastic. We're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back and talk more about uh, how Summit LA seventeen structured and 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 more details about it, so people people can uh, find out. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. This episode is presented by the 2017 James Beard Foundation Food Summit. What do Americans want from their food? Find out at the 2017 James Beard Foundation Food Summit, Consuming Power, taking place at the Convene Conference Center in NYC, October 23rd and 24th. This year, the summit will bring together a diverse group of experts from across disciplines to look into the genesis and changing dynamics of consumer power and apply that knowledge to various food system issues we're facing today. Registration is now open. 
Learn more at jamesbeard.org slash foodsummit. Today's episode is also presented by Roland Foods, a specialty foods company based in New York. Founded by a German immigrant in 1934, Roland Foods has one purpose, improving the way the world eats. For Roland Foods, that means sourcing the most unique and delicious ingredients from around the world. From Middle Eastern spice blends to Tuscan whole grains, you'll find Roland products wherever food is being shared, from market shelves to professional kitchens. Check out RolandFoods.com for more information and follow them on Instagram at Roland Foods. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Jeffrey Zorowski. We are talking about Summit LA 17, which he is spearheading the culinary program. And so let's let's get into a little bit like with Summit and Summit LA 17, like what's the mission? I know it's invite only. So who who gets invited? How do you apply? And then there's all these on the website. I know the six immersion immersive pillars between talks, discussions, performances, wellness, culinary impact and art. So what is what is all that? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, like I said, in the, when I was invited to go to Summit at Sea in 2011, uh, I sort of thought I understood what I was getting into, and and uh, ended up, you know, not recognize, not really understanding what I was immersing myself into. Um, so I can do the best I can and try to paint the picture of what Summit really is, and it's one of the hardest things always that uh, uh, yeah. we try to communicate. At the end of the day, it's a it's a global community that's been built over the last nine years of of Artists and entrepreneurs, you know, academics, scientists, not-for-profit leaders—you know, people who who are trying to make a, a meaningful impact in the world, who um, really do want to want to add value to a community and be part of this, this. We call it a community, and it's not an overused word, but it's a global network of people who who um, don't necessarily need uh, an organization or a you know a, 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 some structure around. Uh, the ability and the idea to connect to to make good, right? And so um, there's a lot of talk about good in the world, and, and I and I think that there there are great people people doing work in that space. I'd say the one common value across uh, Summit is that um, there's an expansiveness to the to the mindset of someone who who's in the Summit community. Um, so what we do, you know, every year is we try to put, or most years we try to put on a, uh, an event that's a flagship event. Um, it's almost always in, in November. It's almost always around the same same time. And uh, for the last two years, it's been at uh, it's been at sea and in international waters on the cruise ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, years before that, it was it was hosted on the mountain that um, Summit had had purchased in Eden, Utah, um, called Powder Mountain. And before that's that, cool. it was at Squaw. Uh, in a, an event called Base Camp, and the year before that was Summit at See the Original, and then before that was DC, and before that was Aspen, and yada yada yada. And so the the idea is to have a a, a moment in the year to convene this community um, and bring you know experiential learning in in, in real time to uh, to this community, um, and that isn't just talk. Uh, it's artist performances, it's immersive activities, it's culinary, it's um, mindfulness and wellness, it's uh, late, late night DJ sets, it's early morning 
you know, activities uh, from 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 people and doers and thinkers that are that are doing something interesting and creative in the world. I mean, um, I first learned how to do acro yoga at, one, at a summit event. It was uh, it's one of the most life changing things uh, I've ever done. And uh, there's no and I did it you know six in the morning. And you're like, what what am I doing? I was just I was just coming in late from the nighttime, and I'm going to get up and do acro yoga. But you know, I think if there's one motto of, of summit during this period is you'll sleep when you're dead. You just don't you don't go to sleep each other take advantage of everything that's that's there but um uh you know the 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 talks and discussions which are very a huge part of this and, and well curated are are you know range from everything business leaders like this year we have jeff bezos uh with creative types you know lean, lena dunham uh activists you know mm-hmm. black lives matter co-founders uh artists um entrepreneurs uh thinkers you know malcolm gladwell Tim ferris get stars this year. We got Kobe Bryant, Andre Agassi. We got Jane Fonda, Quincy Jones. It's just an amazing lineup, and you're going to hear them talk on different topics and things that you wouldn't necessarily expect them to to, to talk about necessarily. And and then there's all the people who you know you find out and discover through the program. Like uh, two years ago, I, I I got a chance to listen to Graham Hancock talk about the history of of human civilization and and totally flip my ideas of that on its head just through his work and through his talk. And so uh, and I never really would have been exposed to him or, or heard or heard about him uh, except for being, seeing him live uh, in person at uh, at summit. You know, and then on top of that there's wellness classes, there's leading yoga, meditation teachers, um, there's art installations that uh, incredible artist residence programs so so emerging artists, people who are like mid mid to early career who are doing just incredible things you've never seen before, but don't have the same exposure as some of these some of these other people who make it, you know, who've already right. made it in, in, in the art world. Um, this year, we've got twelve restaurants from downtown LA that will be immersive experiences, plus late night pop ups, plus uh, immersive uh, regenerative agricultural lunch marketplace, Epicurean marketplace. It's really incredible. So, um, it really I cannot describe it other than to say, like it's all five senses and, and maybe even a sixth sense if you want to throw that in there, and it's. 360 degrees. It's full body. It's it's immersive. It's 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 all and it's morning, noon, and night. It's like it's really incredible. Well, I'm 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 psyched because I I found uh-huh. out about it through a colleague and I looked online and I applied and that's you know I'm I'm planning to go. I'm I'm Great. you know and I'm I feel just listening to. You, describe it and 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 as as you are doing that so well it just it also just feels like it's something you have to experience to really get what it is um and it, it is you, you can't yeah you'll see when you go you'll see you'll be like you'll, you'll you'll look at the calendar of of activities and you will try to schedule them if you're like me you'll put them in your calendar in your phone and try to like make sure you don't miss a one and then you'll realize that across the same hour you'll have five things you really want to do and you cannot <laughs> choose between them so it's yeah. like it really is that exciting um uh and 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 you also walk away from it um you know with a lot of thoughtfulness and a lot of uh, the connections and the people that you meet and make friends i mean i i look now that um on my facebook you know sort of if i look at my facebook friend group and i'm very careful about curating my facebook friend base but if i haven't met you in person you're not i don't i won't friend you and uh, I'd say 50% of my friends on Facebook are from Summit. And the majority of activity and activism and um, things I engage with uh, in my life come from people who are doing cool uh, or amazing things with, uh, you know, outside of Summit, but I met through or were introduced through 
uh, my connection to Summit. Um, yeah. It really has fulfilled my, you know, it's created a fulfillment in, in most people's lives that, that you can't, you can't describe. Um, and, uh, and it goes far beyond Summit as well. That's the beauty of it. It's not, there's nothing, I've never been part of an organization or a community that, that really is as sort of hands-off about, you know, what, or, or as open, as, as open source of a platform for people community than this, where people just manage to find a way to, to connect um, and, and stay within the community. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, well, I what I know um, it's invite only, but applications are still being accepted. I know people if yeah. you can go to um, summit, summit.co backslash apply and apply, but it, what, what, what for the application process, like what are they, what are the summit what are they looking for with people to like who should be attending? Yeah, so there's really only two criteria like, that we have, uh, and and I found this to be true across the board. Uh, every but everyone who is invite who gets an invitation is, is uh, typically we have a we have a whole team of curators who uh, their only job is to build community and their their only job is to find people, meet them, talk to them, sort of interview them, and get to, get to know them before making an extending an invitation and the, the really two things we look for is um are in your life are you meaning something impactful are you are you trying to make a change in the world are you trying to do something that's, that's of significance um and are you willing to add your your value your ideas your voice and your help your your whatever you have in your in your um you know assets of, of a human assets to uh to the community and to other people attending, are you are you willing to be participatory? There, there's very little room in Summit for for you to be, you know, a voyeur, right? Like it's like you really we want people engaged. Um, there's there's very little, if no, hierarchy between people in the community. You know, I find myself I found myself, you know, this would be this was one of those great moments. I, I was uh, going from one event to another. I hop in an elevator and I'm in the elevator with Eric Schmidt, you know, the chairman of, of Google at the time, uh, and and I like introduce myself. He say hello, and he starts talking. And he goes, "What do you do?" And I say, "I run restaurants, and I'm, I'm you know a chef, and I've been food food activist." And he goes, "Wow, that's amazing! Why don't you come join me at this dinner? And we're going to go talk, and, and for two hours, spend you know sitting talking with Eric Schmidt around that's future cool. food systems yeah. and the ability of, the ability of network effects and technology to to change it. Like I didn't ask for it. I just he just asked me what I did, and the next thing you know, and like so that yeah. being able being on both sides of that for him to say, "Hey, do you want to join me? I want to I want to learn more. I want to talk." And for me to be open to and not be afraid to like introduce myself, you know, is the is the quintessential a quintessential summit moment. Um, for yeah. Sure. And about how many people attend, or uh, how big are these summits? Yes. Uh, this year is about thirty five hundred attendees. Uh, last year was about the same on the ship. They've grown over the years as the community has grown, mm-hmm. and we've had to find we've had to find uh, you know larger spaces and, and more creative ways to 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 incorporate everyone. Um, and so, you know, it's a it's a good sized event, um, but it it especially this year on the campus downtown where there's tons of intimacy created. So there's some really large spaces for everyone to gather and to commune, and then there's these really incredible small intimate experiences. So you get the you get the whole gamut of it, and it's really a choose your own adventure. Wow. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited as my. I always love excuses <laughs> to travel and get back out to LA, and this is an awesome excuse. So I'll um, tell you. I'll tell you what. When you before you go, uh, just ping me. We'll talk offline. I'll give you some some, some pro tips around how to how to 
how to navigate the event and not feel like you know FOMO kicks in because it's going to kick in. You're going to want to do everything. So awesome. To figure, you figure out like, how to do it. <laughs> the, one thing I, the one thing I encourage you and anyone, anyone else who's attending, anyone else who's thinking about attending, is if you go, um, you know, what, what is normal when you go to these events is you, you typically try to seek out the experiences or talks that you're familiar with, you want to learn more about, you want to go in-depth in that relates to your career. And I think that's the exact opposite of what you should do at Summit. I think Summit, you should go find yourself lost in something that you feel really uncomfortable learning or doing. Yeah. And, and then it, it opens up this world of possibility. Because you can always go, I mean, your, your talk is all, you know, all in the industry, right? Like, it's like, you're, it, this, is, uh, this show is, is, you're full of that all the time. And so it's a great, a great opportunity to, to yeah. really expand. Uh, multidisciplinary is, is the way we describe it. So. Yeah, good advice. Okay, so we're going to take another break, and we're going to come back and play my speed round game and talk some industry oh. news. So stay- oh, boy. Oh, oh it's going to be fun. Speed round. Yeah, just <laughs> hang in there. We'll be right back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Jeffrey Zorowski. It is time for my speed round game. So, Jeff, what this is, is I'm going to name a couple of things and you just pick your preference. It's like an either or situation. (laughs) You'll be great. Here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat in. Wine. Cook in. Cook Cook in. in. Cook in. Okay, new new uh, new one there. How about wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Oh, uh, depends on the day. <laughs> um, I, I do. I I actually would say really good water. Really good water. That is an original answer on this. 154th episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I hydrate a lot. Uh, okay. But, yes, uh, uh, wine, but if I had to choose between those choices, um, natural wine. Okay. Na- that's natural an- made wine. Another original. Sure. Fantastic. How about tasting? Well, it's, a su- it's a subcategory. You know? <laughs> no, it's, I, I love this game. It's always different. How, <laughs> how about um, tasting menu or a la carte? Oh man! Uh, again, it depends on the day. Just got back from Paris for eleven days. Had a had a couple of tasting menus that were a bomb, and a couple of tasting menus are outrageous. Um, I'd say family style uh, as a third option, uh, <laughs> and uh, chef's choice for sure. But but family style. <laughs> I love it. Small plates or large plates? Small. Communal table or chef's counter? Oh, man. Depends on who the chef is, right? It depends on who's at the communal table. More likely than that, <laughs> communal table, meeting strangers. I mean, the third option is bar. I love sitting at the bar. Yeah. But, uh, but, but that, that, I could communal table and bar kind of 
kind of you know do the same do the same thing. So let's go to the table. Okay. Tipping or all inclusive charge. Um, so controversial subject. All inclusive. Uh, never tipping. Uh, get rid of tipping, totally abandon it completely, 100%, get rid of it. It's the worst thing. It's slavery in a new form, number one. Number two is all-inclusive. I would love to get this idea of all-inclusive out of the lingo and just charge a price for the service that a restaurant provides, period, full stop. All right. We could do a whole show on this answer. I'm I'm happy (laughs) to talk about that. Like That is a major hot topic. No, it is. It is. It's insulting. It's insulting to restaurateurs, insulting to the food community, it's insulting to servers that people don't. No one, no one asks or questions the price of going to Hamilton, right? But you, but you nitpick on every last thing. You don't think people deserve a fair wage or a fair, a fair meal price for the value you give at a restaurant. Period. Full stop. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that for some reason, and I know the reason. There's a whole, whole topic. Food and restaurants are in this place where people don't want to address them as as entertainment they want to address they think it's a it's a human right but restaurants are truly entertainment and they need to be and we start treating like i mean restaurants at the level we're talking about are, are truly right. entertainment okay okay this is this is a little bit of a lighter one here how about tur- <laughs> tur- turkey and avocado or pork and slaw sandwich <laughs> they how came about pork slaw and avocado Okay, you're making your own. I saw those. I don't yeah, know if they are. They were in. I don't know. They're from witchcraft at yeah, some course. point. The, the tur- okay. So just, 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 no, just to, to background on that, the turkey bacon avocado sandwich was the most popular sandwich we had on. The, we have on the menu. Uh, one out of every, five, I think one out of every five sandwiches sold is like a turkey. No matter how much variety we give, people love that sandwich, uh-huh. and I love it. And it was incredible. But pork and slaw was amazing. And then of course, you know, throw on a little avocado. Yeah. So it doesn't look like a little avocado, you know. Great combo. Okay, a few more. Yeah. Watching TV or being on TV? Because I do know you were on a TV <laughs> show. <laughs> so, Best new restaurant. So, so if you if you if if we if we spend a we have if we had a bottle of wine to discuss this, um, I don't own a TV. I don't watch TV, and um, I can't really say that I enjoyed being on TV. Um, having said that, uh, if I had to choose. Uh, being on TV with a creative project of my own choosing would be much better than is much better than watching TV. Okay, two more: cheese plate or dessert? Uh, if dessert, if ice cream counts as dessert, then dessert, but cheese plate. <laughs> okay, Manhattan, Brooklyn, or Los Angeles? Ohio. Um, <laughs> or Ohio. I'm sorry. Manhattan. Or I guess I yeah. We could no, add Ohio in. <laughs> No, Manhattan, Manhattan. Uh, you know, I love LA. I think there's cool stuff going on there. Brooklyn, sorry to offend, except for maybe like Roberta's or others. I'm just not into yeah. it too much. And Manhattan, Manhattan's still my my sweet spot. But but I love but I love a good LA's been LA's got some really good stuff going on right now. So. Wow. Well, that was an incredible speed round game. I don't know your answer. I, I mean, I, I if if I wasn't trying to keep the speed of it a, a little bit, we could have just yeah. we could have d- gone into that more. But yeah, yeah. that was. I that. tried. I tried to keep it short. <laughs> by the way, on, 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 in respect yeah. to the speed round, the yeah. philosophical. I kept the philosophy to a minute. No, no, very, very cool. Okay, so industry news. There was an article on Grub Street how Amazon may soon bring Shake Shack to your door. This was by Clint Rainey. And so 
as everyone knows, the, the merger between Whole Foods and Amazon recently happened. And now this article is talking about how Amazon is teaming up with a company called Olo, O-L-O, which I hadn't heard of until this article, but they're a large food ordering company, and Danny Meyer is an investor in it, and they do catering orders from Chipotle. So this is saying that there might bring, this partnership might bring these restaurants into, you know, under the Amazon umbrella and be another big, big change in the industry. Yeah. So, by the way, Olo is founded by a guy named Noah Glass, who uh, is... I will give him credit, and I hope he's listening or we can get in touch with him. The, the guy has been hammering away at mobile ordering for 15 years. Before we even started Witchcraft, he was he was built, he built Olo, and it was a text-based ordering system, and it was like we all like looked at it and so that we, we sort of knew that he was right, but we couldn't figure out how to make it work, and there wasn't enough people on the platform. And then he's been, to his credit and to the credit of an amazing entrepreneur, here's a guy who for 15 years has stuck with and evolved and twisted and turned. You know, Damien Mugavero is, is very similar in that regard, uh, where they've they've just grinded at their business and just waiting for you know their the the market to arrive. And and here you go, right? So Noah has been you know he's to his credit um, he sort of stuck it out and other, where other people gave up or or, or didn't have the right strategy. Um, I think you know uh, at a at a at a big picture level, very philosophical, like like whole whole topic, you know, episode. Um, I personally don't don't value or don't really care for um, the the innovation in technology that uh, the innovations in technology or, or uses of technology that uh, remove people uh, even one more step or make it more convenient one more step to have to share a meal, right? Whether that's um, in, the, you know, supplementation in n- nutrition or food delivery, you know, brought to your door in under 30 minutes. Because um, I believe that the underlying uh, thing that makes it, one of the things that makes us human is our desire and our ability to be social around our eating. And, uh, and, and we've lost our connection as humans in that regard. So I think that to, to some degree, you know, without being a Luddite, because I, I appreciate technology, I pre- appreciate innovations that have that make food and hospitality and this experience a lot more pleasurable, a lot more uh, mm-hmm. accessible. Um, I don't think that the, you know, that that the the more people, the more there are things that remove people from their experience around where and how food is cured or pro- uh, procured or processed or grown or harvested or made. Um, is is doing us any good, and so, uh, and I know that sounds like a big you know wet blanket on on everything that's going on, but I believe that the more people, I think the resonance of the farm to table movement, despite being co-opted and corrupted a little bit as a marketing tool, um, is is more of that, and and it, it it's sort of permeated a little bit. It's not as far as it needs to go. It doesn't right. have the it doesn't have the lasting power. I think that that um, that it needs to have to to fight. The other issues. I do think that, you know, if you take the advice of, of Michael Pollan, that it takes three generations for innovation in, in food to sort of play out. I think that what we're seeing in, in this plated blue apron, uh, you know, prepared meals, uh, munch- like all of those things, including Amazon and Uber Eats and all those things, we're seeing people kind of play and innovate and, and test. And, and I think that long term, I hope, 
in the way that there's been this regressive, you know, good regressive movement towards uh, better farming practices and better better connection to our food in farm to table from commercial agriculture around the world. Um, I think we're going to see the same thing in technology. I think that yeah. people are going to experience this and try it, and they're going to realize that the very basic thing that makes us human is is our right. desire to share a meal together, um, okay. and, and to prepare yeah. and to prepare and to experience it. Yeah, I no. I'll give you the quick the quick answer is um, and the other thing is that <laughs> well, Amazon, we're, we're, Amazon, we're, does every, Amazon does everything very well, yeah. and is really really quick to to shut something off if it doesn't. So they will be an incredible. Uh, uh, test market for whether or not this long term is going to be an injury. They're not going to stick right. at it for a very long time if it doesn't if it doesn't prove out to be successful. Yeah. What I mean by that is not profitable as much as it means by consumer adoption. So okay, now we'll we'll see how this plays out. Um, yeah, um, we're we're running. We are running a little short on time. So yeah. um, I just before we're going to take one more break. I just wanted to make a little announcement there's there's you know people there's a lot happening in the world and there's been between the hurricanes uh the big hurricane that just hit puerto rico and miami and houston and the earthquake in in um mexico city and um if you go on grub street or new worlder there's there's articles on how you can help with these natural disasters and there was a great article on eater and other places how jose andres um is just doing wonderful things to to try to help he flew to puerto rico to cook and he has his nonprofit world central kitchen and he's just he's just good people trying to trying to help so um i just wanted to give him a shout out and tell people there are ways you can help and and we, we want to help. So quick, quick comment on that. If you don't mind, is no. he, so we're partnering with LA kitchen at summit series this year in downtown LA. And we're providing 30,000 meals to offset the 30,000 meals that we're serving. We're, we're serving 30,000 meals to those in need in partnership with LA kitchen and attendees will go in and cook those meals with the LA kitchen crew. So that's a four good movement. It's partnership with the LA kitchen who's partners with you know, the world. Kitchen, that's the awesome. kitchen that but also just to the point I was making before Jose Andres, and Tom Clicchio and folks like that are salt of the earth, like human food folks, right? He gets on a plane and he goes and cooks. Incredible. And, 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 and recognizes yeah. that that is what people are seeking, especially in crisis. Yeah, I have a tremendous um, amount of respect. Yeah, incre- really good. Incredible. It's incredible. He's incredible. Uh, incredible. One more break and then I'm going to do my solo dining experience and we're going to get the final question. So uh, hold on. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Bye. That was a quick break, and we are back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. First, I just wanted to uh, let you all know I wrote a recent article on Tasting Table called Party of One, and I talk about seven cities I've been to recently that I found great for solo dining. So if you want to go to Tasting Mm. Table, you can find that there. And uh, today's solo dining experience is at The Food Lab featuring Jessica Coslow. Here's the rundown. The location, 203 Front Street, South South Street Seaport, New York City. The concept, offering unique culinary experiences with a series of celebrated chefs in two-week residences. 
The chef where I went was Jessica Coslow. She's of Squirrel in L.A. and soon to open Tell, another Los Angeles restaurant. Why did I go? Because I was curious about this new pop-up venue, and I'm a fan of Jessica's. My experience. So I arrived for the 7 p.m. seating where everyone was at the same time. And South Street Seaport was really happening. It was nice to see it back and thriving since New York and downtown was hit by Sandy. So um, I waited. It was a quick line. was seated at a communal table. What's interesting about this communal table was even though there were people around me, they kind of sent, set us apart a little bit, like a seat next to the, the three top next to me. And then the couple on the other side of me decided to sit side by side. So even though I was at a communal table, I was very much still like solo dining and it was, it was, it was a little weird, but, um, I was glad I got to experience it. And, uh, what did I get? So it was a tasting menu. They were previewing, or Jessica was previewing, 11 dishes from Tell, which is her new culinary venture featuring Jewish foods through a California lens. And um, most of the dishes, well, all the dishes except the dessert, were ma- designed for two people. So I had all this extra food, and I even offered it extra to the couple by me. I was like, they didn't, they didn't take me up on it, but I was like, if you really like something, let me know, because I have more. So my favorite dishes, there was a flatbread lamented in cardamom ghee and finished in fig salt served with creamed yogurt and brunazed, or bru- I think that's right, lacto-fermented dill pickle. And then I love this roasted cabbage with avocado seed, tahini, puffed Meyer lemon, and kraut powder. And the dessert, Malabi, was like to die for. The ambiance, it was, so it's an industrial space, does these communal tables, two different rooms. There were a lot of hard surfaces, and from the chatter, it was quite noisy. The perfect for experiencing the food of a terrific chef, who you may not have access to otherwise. Interesting tidbit, other notable chefs that have gone through the seafood lab recently were Wiley Dufresne, Alan Shaya, and Hugh Atchison. Personal fun fact. Last year when I was out in L.A., I went to Squirrel, Jessica's restaurant. I had her amazing ricotta toast with homemade jam. So awesome. There was always a line there. I only had to wait 15 minutes, which I thought was, I was in and out in enough time, and it was uh, delicious. So the cost of this pop-up meal was $100, all-inclusive. Would I go back? Yes, I'd go back to try another chef. Um, I think it's a cool concept. I'd probably bring a plus one because I feel it's not as terrific for solo dining as I thought it was going to be. Um, and I'd probably sit in the other room cause this room was noisy, but it was a good experience. And I was glad I got to try Jessica's tail, which I'm excited is going to be opening in LA. I think sometime this year or next year. So their website is seaportdistrict.nyc backslash food lab. Um, I'm sure, uh, Jeffrey, you know, I bet you know, Jessica, right? I, I don't know her personally, but I know, okay. her, I know yeah. her work. Yeah. Yeah, so I figured I'd tie that into L.A., making this an L.A. show. Um, Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, it was, go- it was good. So, okay, next week my guests are Alfredo Maltesta and J.J. Grossman. They are of Flavor Gallery, Culinary Crafted Goods. And they, they're the ones where I go to all these NYC food and wine festivals. All the festivals, they do all the merchandise. They make the T-shirts. They, they, they make the products for culinary events. So I'm, I'm excited to talk Incredible. to them. Um, yeah, so what would you like to ask them? Uh, I, so the question I was thinking about was sort of more from an entrepreneurial level is, you know, what, 
what is, if you had to ex- if you had to express your mission in in two sentences, what would it be? Awesome, great question. And uh, that's the show. So. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited about Summit LA-17. I can't wait to experience it. And congratulations on your whole career and everything you've been doing. It's um, very exciting and uh, uh, good stuff. Well, thank you. It's been a while, it's been a while since we saw each other and uh, glad to reconnect. And thank you for having us. It's an incredible show and uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I look forward to seeing you in L.A. So my guest today has been Jeffrey Zorofsky. He is curating some, the culinary program of Summit LA 17, which is taking place in downtown Los Angeles from November 3rd to the 6th. You can find out more at summit.com. You can apply. They are taking applications and I would recommend that you do so. I think it's going to be fantastic. Uh, You can follow them on social media at summit and at Jeffrey Zorofsky. And uh, you can follow me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. And my websites are BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com. As a reminder, all of our shows are archived at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. And we are on iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks to Jeffrey for joining me today. And also a shout out to Katie from Summit who helped arrange things today. And always thanks to my fabulous engineer, Vitor. I'm Sherry Bayer. I will be back next Wednesday at 4 o'clock with another live show. I hope you will tune in then. And thank you for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.